Welcome to Season 2 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 92 is entitled Technology. By our understanding of temporal law, technology advances, thus providing a seemingly infinite number and variety of choices. As technology advances, freedom increases because choices increase. We motorize everything, even toothbrushes. Whatever we invent, we improve. How far we have come since the earliest sewing machines or the earliest airplanes. Imagine if, like the Wright brothers, you had to ride on the wing of an airplane from New York to Los Angeles rather than sit in the air-controlled comfort of a superjet. Most would decline the honor. Technology has advanced our temporal freedom exponentially. To increase in freedom, we must increase in science and technology. Laws can be organized to advance technology and thus advance freedom of choice. Before technology, man had to rely upon himself or his animals to move him from point A to point B. We even use horsepower as a unit of measurement to measure the rate at which work is done, such as an automobile engine. With modern technology, we may drive a car, board a train, or fly in an airplane. Rockets take us to outer space. Think of the computer and how communication has expanded. As technology expands, our choices expand. Technology, which must obey scientific laws, is one way that freedom has increased. Man uses science to advance technology, which brings seemingly infinite variety to our choices in almost every area of our life. One reason America is considered one of the freest nations in the world is because it is the most technologically advanced country in the world. A nation that does not advance in science will soon fall behind. Wise education is critical to freedom. Those who argue that we do not have free will because we are bound by natural laws appear to ignore the fact that all temporal laws have conditions, and in those infinite number of cases we have the power and knowledge to organize those conditions, thus predicting the outcome. When Christ said, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, he was speaking of both temporal law and spiritual law. Both laws have conditions. Science teaches us the conditions of the temporal world. Religion teaches us the conditions of the spiritual world. Consider knowledge of the conditions of temporal law as advancing our freedom. Consider knowledge of spiritual laws as advancing our agency. All laws of God, whether temporal or spiritual, were organized by God to make free will possible. We do not yet know how God created laws. That is why we cannot create laws. But we do know why God created laws. It is to help us advance in intelligence by exercising free will, freedom, and agency. Law is the key to freedom. Truth and law are synonyms. Christ said, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. When you study science, you are studying temporal law. God organized temporal laws to create temporal worlds. When you study the Holy Scriptures, you are studying spiritual law. God organized spiritual laws to create spiritual worlds. Temporal law operates in time or our temporal dimension. Spiritual laws operate in eternity or our spiritual dimension. Both dimensions exist simultaneously. Our growth in spiritual law should keep pace with our growth in temporal law, or we will have an imbalance. 
we violate what the Greeks called the golden mean. These are grave mistakes we are making today. We apply all of our time advancing in technology, but less and less of our time advancing in spiritual things. We have a temporal body subject to temporal laws, but we also have a spiritual body subject to spiritual laws. They are in tandem. When we die, we will no longer be subject to temporal laws. There is only one physical death. We will then be entirely subject to spiritual laws. We are very aware that those who advance in temporal law have great advantages on this earth. However, their knowledge of temporal law in the next world will give them very little advantage. For in the large scheme of things, until we know how to resurrect ourselves or how to create laws, we know nothing. Even the greatest scientific achievements of man on earth cannot add one bit to our eternal progression. Earth is but a type and shadow of what is to come. Those who see our temporal world with temporal eyes only are like the caterpillar who focuses his small ocular spots downward and looks at heaven only with painted eyes. Knowledge of temporal laws are critical in our temporal estate. In no way should their importance be diminished. However, Paul admonishes, ever learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth, 2 Timothy 3.7. He is referring to our focusing on temporal law at the expense of increasing in knowledge of spiritual law. Truth deals with eternal things, not temporal things. That which we take with us into the next estate is what really matters. At the moment of death, the spirit leaves the body, and all of our temporal goods are left behind to go the way of the earth. Our immortal spirits, because of the grace of Christ, will once again be reunited with our physical body in the resurrection, which will also be a spiritual body. Paul said, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. 1 Corinthians 15.50 In other words, our immortal spirit body will be reunited with our immortal physical body. Paul continues, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one through 56 No science known to man can bring about the resurrection, yet the resurrection itself is governed by a complete set of laws known only to God. Law is at the core of everything God does. On our little earth we think we understand dimensions, we speak of three dimensions, we speak of a fifth dimension, we even speak of multiverses, yet we know nothing. Some theorists have the foolish idea that we live in multiverses, that there are clones of us living coterminously on many worlds, acting out different possibilities. That is perhaps the most nonsensical thing theorists have concocted. You, my friend, are one of a kind. You live in one dimension at a time. Before you came to earth, you were a spirit in the image of God, living in the kingdom of God. 
On this beautiful blue planet, your spirit was given a physical body after the likeness of God. There is only one you, confined to one dimension at a time, one world at a time, one universe at a time. Wherever you go, you take yourself with you. Wherever you are, you take with you. Whatever you become will remain with you. You are self-contained and will forever be self-contained. You will not split into a multiplicity of personalities. What is considered insane on earth would also be insanity in the afterlife. One of the purposes for which we were sent to earth was to find out our true identity. We are children of God, and what we do, what we become, we will carry with us throughout all eternity. As Ron is fond of saying, earth is the hinge upon which eternity swings. One of the greatest questions you can ask yourself is what will you carry with you when you leave mortality and gingerly step into immortality? For as Paul delighted in saying, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. 1 Corinthians 15, 51-52 In this world many are diligent in preparing themselves to be self-reliant. They are to be applauded. Some learn a trade, some a particular skill, some follow the university route, some focus on their talents and abilities and attempt to perfect themselves in this area and that, to a remarkable degree, and find tremendous satisfaction in their professions. Earth is not equitable in its measure of success. It may lavishly reward some things of no real lasting value, while it impoverishes others, even punishing them financially, because they follow a different path. The world is not fair, and has never been fair, and never will be fair. Those who measure success by worldly standards will most often be disappointed. But God is fair. Without respect to persons, he rewards everyone according to their works. This will be manifest in the next life. Those who earn millions on this earth because of this skill or that may find themselves impoverished in the next life. Again, I turn to Paul. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 57-58 Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com